nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening. This is uh, Harry with San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, and uh, joining me tonight is Royce and Rafa. We're back uh, to a full table, and we will have um, Seth coming on from uh, Somos Mas podcast to talk a little bit about New Mexico United and San Antonio FC next Saturday. Uh, it seems like that's kind of odd to say, not uh, next Wednesday, but not tomorrow. Yeah, not tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, so cheers to the boys uh, for a well-done road trip. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, start with you, uh, Rafa. How are you this evening? Good. Just rushing right back after watching the Cowboys game with a couple of friends. And I'm sorry. Uh, can you hear me? Why would, you wanna, why would yeah? Why would you want to watch the Cowboys, man? Because I was born a Cowboy fan. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I was in diapers. <laughs> And then, uh, I'm a Broncos fan, so I understand. <laughs> and then, then watching last night's game was fun too. Like I said, brother had a little barbecue, so we watched the game in his backyard. So that was, was nice. Thanks for the invite, man. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it, it was, was, it, was <laughs> it was super. It was super late though. To be fair, it was yeah. It was basically our bedtime whenever kickoff happened. So yeah. Royce, how are you? <laughs> uh, tired exhausted uh it was my kids uh second second game or i guess my kids team second game that i'm coaching and at kickoff it was a real fun 97 degrees outside and the uh uh i guess the the ticket taker lady that's out there didn't let us bring water we could only have like one bottle of water per kid and we're like mm, you know it's hot outside right and these kids are gonna need more than well you can buy more at the concession stand okay that's really really stupid thank you though so I'm not, I'm not still mad at that at all. It was just stupid. Like you bring water for the kids. Like, sure. Yeah. We buy some for the concession. How about we just bring some in and have some in an ice chest. They wouldn't even let us bring the ice chest in until I told her uh, that's for injuries. It's just ice. Like settle down. What, what league so, is this? <laughs> uh, rather not say um, it's a. Uh, um, Host Dyson's not watching. <laughs> it's a, it's a league. Um, it is run by a religious organization. We'll say that. Um, That's cool. It's their rules. But it, I understand what they're trying to do. But yeah, I, I understand that they're trying to make money. But at the same time, it's like mm, water's basic. The yeah, yeah, it's a basic. Like it's not like we're bringing in nachos and hamburgers and stuff. It's water in an ice chest. It's ninety-seven degrees outside. Like you're not worried about heat stroke or heat exhaustion. I guess that's correct. That's correct. And if that would have happened, about, the, fir the first but, thing would have uh, been. We four couldn't or have five year olds, we right? have water. uh, three year olds, three, three and four year olds. year olds, yeah. So dumb, anyway. We're two and oh, 
that, that, that doesn't really matter. My kids are incredible. I love coaching my kids and it's, uh, it's just a shame that there's simple little things that, you know, it's like you get it. They're trying to make money, but at the same time, we're trying to be safe at this, you know, it's safety should be first. So anyway, doing okay. Um, doing really well after last night, um, after the, uh, this is called a transition in the business people. Um, after uh, San Antonio secured their 16 out of 21 possible points in that seven games in 21 day gauntlet that we had said in the beginning, this is your season, you know, cowboy up, nut up. This is your season, make or break. And uh, they made it because, uh, that that uh, especially that last week nine points in one week, you cannot ask for more than that. That was and all on the road and starting in Utah to New Jersey to California, insane, insane yeah. to get nine points out of that. So that's that's incredible. So let's get into it here. Um, we're going to use the the highlights from ESPN Plus here, um, courtesy of them um, on the broadcast here. Uh, last night here because there's a there's a lot to get to in this game um you know just kind of looking at the uh starting uh starting lineup here um for san antonio fc you had uh, cardoni you had ford you had strolberg you had tainter uh the plane uh on the um right hand side pc lindley maloney on the other side jose Marcus, and then Nathan. Um, so the traditional three-four-three, three, or I guess it's our new traditional uh, for that here. It's been the last. I think the last time we implemented the four-four-two uh, before um, the second half of the Pittsburgh match was before this uh, road trip. Even um, uh, RG, it's been it's been a while. One here, according uh, to here, uh, was it no? It, it wasn't RGV. It was um um. The Austin match, the Austin match, we were um, we had uh, four in the back. Uh, I'm That's pretty right. confident Wrong. in. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, it's been I guess it's been sparing. I think that was kind of uh, try something different to get the get the center backs um, a rest. But at the same time, this seems like the normal um, formation. We've definitely changed from the. Uh, the four four two we had in the beginning of the season, and then whenever we had all the injuries, we couldn't do the four four two. So we set up more in the um, what was it like the four four two diamond or a four three three almost? What was oh it was listed as a four two three one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, and then from there, whenever we played uh, the Mexican teams in July, both of those matches we played in a four one four one. And that seems to have evolved into this um, three four three, which has been incredibly successful. So, looking at the highlights here, um, I'm showing this here because this is a Cuello and Nathan uh, hugging it out, and that's probably the only hug that took place. Yeah, in- I was going to say that's uh, <laughs> that's not a fair preview of what happened on the actual field. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, Tanner giving any hugs of his teammates. No. Right. So. And uh, we'll get to that, but he's still your teammate. He's on loan. He <laughs> lives in Sacramento. What are you doing? He lives in Sacramento. We're, we're going to get to anyway. Get, get we'll to get there. Play. 
we'll after that, him. more likely he's going to be in San Antonio next season. <laughs> he's going to no, sign with us. <laughs> Man. So my first and, – and, you know, whoever, Rafa or Royce, who wants to jump on this, uh, you know, go ahead. But to me, the physical nature of this game, I think, benefited San Antonio FC. Um, because I think if it had been a team of speed and stuff with the tired legs, the travel – would have gave them more problems, but with it being a physical game, you know, I think the rep did, did a good job. Um, you know, as far as what the calls, I didn't see anything that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, that, that was, you know, Hey, what was he doing? Um, what are your thoughts on, on the physical nature of this game? Um, you know, between Sacramento and, uh, San Antonio FC, especially with San Antonio FC, Let's be honest. They have to have tired legs. It, you have to have that at this point. Uh, I, I guess I'll go. Uh, definitely one of the um, one of the things that I've noticed, and it was a thing that, if you remember, um, in the beginning of the season, when um, I'm pretty sure it was Justin um, had uh, had the hamstring injury. Uh, he was he was one of the first injuries of the season, which is weird. And whenever we kept, um, I remember Harry. Whenever you kept asking, "When is he coming back? Do we need to sign somebody else? When is he coming back?" That's when I was like, "It's a hamstring. You he could be back. He could feel better in an hour. He could feel better next year. You you don't know, and you can't rush those things." Uh, what I noticed he was doing, and he started posting, and a lot of the players have now started posting, mm-hmm. is uh, cryogenic therapy. Um, which if you've ever watched um, uh, the man Manchester city documentary on Amazon, um, they do that pretty much every, every, after every game, they bought their own cryogenic chamber. It's like a quarter of a million dollar chamber. It's ridiculous, but basically it, you cryogenically freeze your, well, I don't want to say cryogenically freeze your body, but it is an insanely cold temperature that you shock your body with for a few seconds and it's one of those um, kind of experimental uh, recovery therapies. If you remember um, Michael Phelps and the swimming team, whenever they had like the the big the big bruising that they'd have because they were cupping themselves, that basically you know sucking blood to the surface of their skin. To there's all these different. Um, I remember um, somebody. I think it was. Um, um, Oh man, I can't think of who was who it was on Twitter, but they were asking why do the uh, El Paso players have holes in their socks? Yes, that's another thing. Is that there's a theory that too much and compression Courtney does it as well? Yeah, uh, too much compression on your on your skin doesn't allow the skin to breathe. It doesn't allow for maximum um, blood flow, and you end up kind of giving yourself a slight compartmental syndrome, which can be really bad. You don't get maximum blood flow. Too much blood's going there. You get blood pooling. It's bad. That's what, the, but what they're doing is they're experimenting with their um, recovery, and they're going to great lengths of recovery, and they're also it's also new techniques of recovery, um, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> Coach, come on, trying to derail the conversation already. Here he did. Um, don't ask Michael Jackson about crowd therapy. <laughs> don't ask Han Solo about crowd therapy. There you go. Um, no, but it's obvious that they're look they're looking for different techniques to recover because of how tired their body are their body is. 
But I will say two things. Number one, hats off to the training team and to yes. the, the medical staff. Uh, I know in the beginning of the year, uh, one or possibly two people on this podcast were um, did not have a lot of faith. But no, it wasn't a lot of faith. I was wondering <laughs> if they were pushing them too hard. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a lot of injuries, and I said that it's it's bad luck. And that's what it is, bad luck. But with all of but what what with all of they're doing is that they have exactly they've maintained their health, which is incredible. You didn't even see in this ridiculous stretch one player go off with a cramp or injured because of an overuse injury, which yes. is huge. And that's in, that's ama- that's incredible for any club to have that uh, on any level. Or hamstring injury. So Looking yeah, exactly. No hamstring. Well, I mean, knock on wood. To God, but you were seeing those earlier. That's the reason why, um, why we're raising that concern. Which which is fair. Which is fair. But I mean, those are beginning of the season injuries. You don't come into you know it, it happens, but. You haven't seen it coming off yeah. of 2020 with the COVID and right. And all, I think I, I, I honestly think that that right there accounts for all the injuries in the beginning of the season. Cause you did not get a full season. You did not get a full preseason. You did not get a full off season to maintain your level of fitness. I think the beginning of the season injuries account for what the players did in the off season, which they couldn't, completely work out together they couldn't do their normal stuff because we still did not have a vaccine it was still very dangerous luckily now we do have the vaccine i'm confident most if not all the players are vaccinated and um, obviously we have had a covid scare but the players came out in the two weeks relatively unscathed yes they had it but at the same rate, I'm pretty confident the ones who had it were vaccinated and they did not have that tough of a time from what we know from it. So yeah, at least publicly, there's not correct, any, correct. anything here. But uh, turning to the start of the game here, uh, f- you know, let's be honest, Sacramento came out firing, you know, in the fourth yeah, minute did. here. Uh, you know, they had the first shot on goal here where uh, tried to slip it past Matt and the defense stood up here uh, pretty well here. A pretty cheeky move. Uh, by way of there, yep. Try to side for it in the 19th minute. Quail. Yeah, Sacramento had the first nine shots on goal. Um, so they were definitely or not nine shots on goal. The first nine shots yeah. of the game came from Sacramento. So that was they. I don't want to say they dominated, but they were really attacking heavily, um, and they really pressed SAFC. What SAFC was trying to do was we we're trying to go over it because they had their midfielders up. They play in a 4-1-4-1. They had all um, six of their midfield and forward players up in our in our zone, just tr- just maintaining possession and wreaking havoc. So we were kicking it long to try to get to Nathan and Gallegos and Epps. And um, their center backs were doing a good job interrupting that. But that high line. Um, is what created a lot of chances for us later on. Let's continue. So in the 24th minute, and you know, Coach uh, uh, Kano with a great point here that said, got to point out the healthy stretch and winning ways came once El Gato Blanco returned uh, <laughs> back in the supporters group exactly. uh, for that year. So uh, don't mess with that. But to me, I think this was a pivotal point in the game in the 24th minute here uh, for it here off a set piece here for Sacramento. And yeah, the Maloney clearance off the line. Yeah, yeah that was incredible. But that's so why you 
that's that's why you have a guy there at the um at your post you you have a guy at each post and you have your short guys at each post and that's exactly what maloney was there for it wasn't a dive it was a slip it was a slip exactly uh and before this four other players had slipped yeah so um uh, deplane had slipped himself that was the second time deplane slipped and at the same time deplane and belmar right there both slipped at the same time so it was just uh, there's something wonky with the turf i don't know if the grass is too long um it didn't look like it was giving like there were no divots coming up but it was not it was a slick surface that did not provide a lot of purchase because there were a lot of players falling um, you, you could see also that the from the beginning of the game with Sacramento, uh, they knew that how uh, that long road trip that San Antonio's played, yeah. they were they were they were the aggressor. I think they wanted oh, yeah. to do that little quick knockout punch. That's exactly it. And put them and behind early. I think that's what they tried to do: get up to nothing or something like that, and that way FCFC would kind of wear out because they would be gestured to send long balls up front, and luckily we weathered that storm. Yep. And that and that pretty much turned once that didn't work, that turned around the game for SAFC. Yeah, once that 24th minute goal, uh, attempt on the shot uh, shot on goaler by Sacramento, they really didn't have much left. It was almost like they reverted back to their El Paso match, where you know, yes, they had possession, but you know, it goes back to the the coach coach pal days of you know you know possession with purpose and. Right. Uh, you know, kudos to to San Antonio FC, uh, you know, for you know for snuffing that out. But uh, we do have to talk about the best attempt by SAFC in the first half, and oh, just, buddy. Uh, just a miss here. Oh, uh, buddy, by Jose. Jose, yeah. But what a move uh, by Nathan. Uh, uh, and Nathan had just misplayed a ball just before this, and that back heel is that back heel deserved that goal right there. But I mean, that's going to happen. Um, and this is. <laughs> this is just yeah, soccer though this is just soccer <laughs> yeah you're gonna create chances um sacramento created a lot of chances um a lot of them weren't necessarily quality chances the chances that san antonio created though a lot of them were quality chances that one being there um like i said nathan just before that had a really good chance and just just he did the same thing he pulled the shot um so at the end of the first half we uh san antonio had a lot of close, very quality chances that they just could not put away. Your thoughts on uh, the play there, Rafa? Wow, that was just a real cheeky play by Nathan. I mean, it deserved to get a goal. I, I think Gallegos, if you look, I think he has time a little bit to to settle it. I don't think he looked up where he was at. I think by instinct he took the shot. He knew where he was going to take the shot. But I think right, you'll see right here. He 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 has a, a little bit of time, to really kind of place that ball. You know, if he places, you know, if he takes maybe one I, more touch, he, he would have got I it. I think. I don't think so. I think the keeper is in his bread box. Uh, if he takes another half a step, or if he takes another touch. Well, that goalie, uh, you see, position, he's beat the, already. No, he's beat, and that he's beat in that far corner because he's trying to cover the. He's trying to get Near to post. Gallegos. And cover the near post, so it's the outer, it's the outside post that, it, and that's kind of good goalkeeping. Basically, what he does is he makes Jose make a decision instead of waiting for his decision. He makes Jose make a decision, and he pulls the ball. Uh, it was the right decision to go far post. He just he pulled the shot. 
And then Sacramento had a defender that was closing in that if, I think if he does take it a little bit longer, right. it makes that right. window even smaller. Exactly. So um, I thought, it, you know, it was one of those that, you know, right before halftime, I think, you know, it, even though it didn't score, I think it kind of set the set the team up for the second half and gave them some confidence because that was a that was probably outside of the Maloney, uh, you know, Clarence. That was the best chance, you know, in the match, and they took Sacramento Republic's best best shot, and they knew it. Um, so coming out at half, you know, they came through. You know, you know, I think both teams played well, and then in the seventy fourth minute. Off a set piece. Yep. And that was a great play by Epps there to keep it alive and just put it right back in the mixer where you know your tall center backs are. If you notice, they're all three in the same little area right there. And that's exactly what that's for. That's design. That is a, hey, your center backs are going to be at the near post and uh, the corner kick missed them. Went over. Uh, it got flicked on, but Epps went and got it and put it right back to where they were. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's 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 why the height advantage is so important. That's that's a set piece uh, win right there for SFC. I, I'd like to see the numbers because we've had so many, and um, we should be. I think we should be more successful on uh, more uh, successful set pieces, pieces. But there was one game we had successful. what twenty of them. I think close Some, to it. Or I think it was fifteen. I, I think it was against Austin. <laughs> yeah, just it was. Yeah. No, Real Monarchs. Um, oh yeah, that's right. It was monarchs. You're right. You're right. It, it was, was the monarchs here. Yeah. Uh, Rafa, your thoughts on, on the goal here, and we'll we'll, we'll do it. Re, you know, uh, replay here for you. I said, I mean, you got to give it apps. He, he just doesn't quit quit on the play. He's always hustling for every ball. Created a great chance there, like I said, and you know, Ford was able to to bury that in with the, that header. Oh uh, boy. So, yeah. like I said, uh. One thing with Ford, I guess, say with Ford, he, ever since we signed him, he's paid dividends. Oh, he's, for he's, sure. he's been he's been that little missing piece that we needed to reignite that defense in the back. And I'll say this about Tainer is he, he brings that uh, I'll say Yuma uh, uh, attitude to um, San Antonio FC where. I wouldn't say he's dirty because I think he plays right on that line and, and, you know, he plays within the limits. He's physical. But, you know, I, th I think just, you know, with him, Ford, and Axel, and, and Varela, that rotation there, to me they're they're a lot more physical than what, what we were at the start of the season, um, you know, for that here. So, but uh, speaking of physical, um, let's uh, – Let's digest this. Yeah, that's a super dirty play there by Foster. Um, and then, and then right there, Ford goes to confront him to stick up for his player, and then he gets tripped from behind and pushed. And then PC goes and does the very PC thing. I said PC being PC, politically correct. It was funny, but no, he. Ran in there like a captain, and he separated Ford from the entire Sacramento Republic team. Um, they kind of squared up on him, and somebody grabbed him from behind, grabbed his neck from behind. Um, there are a couple punches thrown. Uh, Belmar went and tripped him, which I don't know why that red card was rescinded. I thought it was warranted. It wasn't rescinded. Oh, it wasn't? 
No, what they were trying to do is just separate the players all. And that's uh, why the ref just blew the whistle. He's like, no, that we're not restarting. This is stupid. Yeah, we'll sort it, this out later. Okay, that did, makes sense. Yeah, he the the red card what was still was still there. Okay, it would um, be cool. Yeah, it would be cool if uh, uh, USL had their disciplinary report so we could actually sort everything that went on. But oh man, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a mess. It was a damn mess. Um, and I know Aaron didn't really appreciate it um marvel uh and i get i get that i get that you know you won you don't want to put yourself in that situation but i will say for ford uh ford didn't really put himself in any situation uh what happened was uh the sac sacramento republic player went in uh studs up and uh we've seen the pictures on the internet uh it's worse than pcs which yeah in the first half in the first half of this match uh pc got cleated um, very badly. Yeah. You can see kind of how this delved into everyone not being friends anymore. Um, and it's very fitting for this to be the Emil Coyo, um, derby t- for this to kind of happen. Oh, here we go. Um, this, this, this is, so this is what upsets me. And this is why I think, uh, who was it? The, the Sacramento player here. I don't Foster. understand. I don't understand what he's, what he's thinking because this was a, this was a throw in. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a free kick, correct? And that, and that's that's the part that upsets me. And, and Royce is right on this earlier. These guys are teammates. He, yeah. They're on loan. He, yeah, Mitchell Tainer is on loan from Sac from Republic. Sacramento. He, he is he his paychecks say Sacramento Republic, and the dude goes in there, studs up, and takes a chunk of out of uh, takes a chunk of flesh out of uh, Mitchell Tainer's shin there, and it, it's incredible. It's stupid. It's it's. It, it is it's just dumb it's and the dude deserved to go he needs a at least a three a game suspension I yeah hate to say that no he does it's that is dangerous play it's he's he can't be going Tanner after the ball because the, yeah the can't tainer's trying to kick the ball out of bounds because it's a well, throw in for to to lima i think you know we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt but even if he's kicking it out of bounds or to lima yeah that's what he's supposed to do that's correct that's correct yeah. And that's why I don't understand what what Foster's what, what there, Foster's doing. I don't under I don't understand. Robert, yeah, Robert, there was no they're they're not close enough uh, for long enough There's for no there even to have been a word. Yeah, there there was not there could not have been a word exchanged. It was running up. The dude was tired of San Antonio FC. Well, he didn't like the fact that they were losing to San Antonio FC. To, to and also. Uh, he was intentionally, he intentionally went to hurt him. Yeah, that's you it. Look at yeah, he, he had he his left foot up. Him. He had his left foot up, and he cleated him on purpose. When you're a soccer player, when you're a professional soccer player, you know what you're doing. And that's why Ford went in to, to go stick up for his teammate. This is a very hockey thing to happen, uh, except in hockey, there would be gloves and helmets on the ice, and it would be punches thrown, and uh, just you wouldn't be kicked out of the game. It would just be like, a, just go sit down. We need a little timeout. Before didn't even throw a punch. He held everything back. He shoved Foster because Which, Foster uh, left uh, Mitchell Tainer bleeding there with his cleat. And um, Ford did exactly what he should have done. He got in there. He stuck up for his player and he did not throw a punch. He, he didn't do anything stupid. He did what you're supposed to do in that instance. Unfortunately, what, what I think the ref was trying to do is he sees 
Uh, Ford was involved. Foster was involved. Belmar's involved. Red cards all around. We're actually going to sort this out later, and we'll let the league take a look at it. Yeah, and that's I probably what Ford. That's that, probably though. what Ford is saying right there. Is that's your teammate, dude? <laughs> what are you doing? That's your teammate. And even PC there is like, hey, uh, yeah, and that's why Belmar got the red. I need to go see. That's what I was trying to look at this for, but just incredible, just incredible stupidity um, from. Uh, but the two captains from, from walking Ford out, I thought that was class by by those two, with Maloney and PC. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure, and that I mean that's why they're there. And the funny part is, well, I, I say funny part. The first two minutes of this injury time was taken away because somebody kicked PC and he stayed on the ground for two minutes. And it was mm -hmm. just well, chef's kiss, just like, and that's what the announcers are saying. Um, you know, you can be mad at this all you want, but Sacramento would be doing the exact same thing. And this is a very professional thing to do by San Antonio. And it's a very PC thing. And PC knows where the line is. Yeah. That's the thing. PC knows where that line is. And when he saw Ford go there with the entire team, what did PC do? He was trying to get Ford to separate from everybody because he saw the writing on the wall. And he didn't want it to escalate. Um, but yeah, PC and Maloney there, just the, that's why they're your captains. And that's why those two need multi-year deals. Uh, Tim Holt, um, RC Buford, <laughs> Spurs Sports Entertainment. Those are our captains. We need those guys. Uh, hey, I'm going to step aside real quick so, here if you guys can continue the conversation. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Rafa, how did you feel about uh, the injury time and how San Antonio played it? Um, and at the same time, um, how do you, why do you think Sacramento responded this way? Well, to me, they played it great. I mean, with any team, you're going to wait. Yeah, you're going to waste some time and all that. That's just the na nature of the game. But they handle it well. They did what they needed to do. I, th I think Sacramento just got desperate. But to me, like you mentioned, Tainer's our teammate on loan. There is no reason to, to hurt your own player. <clears throat> and, and then, you know, you got to be smarter than that. And hopefully, like I said, the USL, you know, committee, you know, rules committee looks at this. And I, I think they really need to hand down not only, a, I mean, a three, at least a three-game suspension and a fine, yeah. you know. Well, and he'll also, get a fine because he got a red card. Um, but also, if you notice on that play, that Ford got pushed in the back violently. Yeah, he he and got pushed and tripped up from the back. Yeah, and that's seeing Ford. You know, he's defending his teammate. He didn't throw a punch. You you know, yeah, he shoved someone, but that's that's just a shove. But what they did to him, you know, that's hopefully the USO reconsider about him taking the red away from him. And honestly, Ford should have just gone a yellow. Yeah, but the other two players, they definitely deserve to get the, the red cards. So here's my thing about Belmar, and I don't think it was intentional, but with Courtney going down, it was a shot at the lower legs, and we know that yeah. he's coming off of, of off of an injury uh, to his lower legs, where, yeah. where he's had you know the rehab, and, and he's got back, and, and to me, he's performing great. You know, he's he's you know he's performing like uh, Ikebaga did back you know back in 2017, just you know with that you know, with, with that skill set, just, just dominance. Yeah. Just dominance. But to me, like so that, and, and I don't think Belmar meant to do that, but just, you know, you, you gotta be a little bit more careful because, yep. you know, you know, you guys are, I understand you're on different teams, 
but it's still one player's union and, and stuff like that to where yep. you know, but you don't go in with your studs up that's that's that's, that's it thing. that's it and sacramento I mean, in this match by the side right hey that's different or if you, you know, hip check them, if you hip check them, yeah. yeah. If you hip check them, it's different. It's that's fine. But, but Sacramento in this up. match, yeah, in this match they went studs up twice. Yep. One Got was on PC it. and PC was bleeding. He was down for a while, and I mean they even show. I thought he was coming out. I thought Lima was coming in for him at that point, but that's uh, PC. PC did PC things, and he uh, he fought through it. But uh, no, they went studs up, and he was bleeding, and he had a real bad bruise on his shin. And basically the exact same thing happened here. The difference is. Um, that PC had the ball and he was tackled poorly. The this, this second one at the end of the match, uh, Mitchell Tainer, uh, the ball was out of play and he was trying to kick it out of bounds and Foster went in and just decided to just go all happy Gilmore and stabbed him with the skate. So, I mean, and, and I do think Robert brings, brings up a good point here, you know, where it says Tainer did mix it up throughout the game. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and, that's what yeah, you're supposed to do. That's no excuse. You're, defender, you're supposed to chicken fight. I mean, that's there's no excuse for that. So anyway. joining us is uh, Seth uh, from uh, Someone's Pos podcast, uh, which they do a show on YouTube uh, Tuesday nights, generally around 10, 10 o'clock, 1030 central time. So it's up you know, a little bit past our bedtimes on, on most Tuesday nights. Uh, but I do try to catch at least the first part of, of the show here. Seth, welcome to the round table here. Thank you for joining us. I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, New Mexico United and how they, uh, squeaked out a win over, uh, real monarchs. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, we'll be traveling to San Antonio, uh, hopefully, uh, next week yeah thanks for having me you know absolutely glad to be here and like you said you know we do our show tuesday nights uh on youtube 9 9 30 uh mountain time so uh i'm actually gonna have you on this week which is gonna be a lot yes. of fun uh can't wait to, we've been talking about it all season long can't wait to sit down and, and talk with you and then uh you know see what's going on with san antonio these days i know you guys have been on the upswing lately so excited to talk about that so your thoughts on, I don't know if you caught the ending of the Sacramento, uh, the San Antonio match, uh, any thoughts that you had on, on the play as a neutral? Um, yeah, it's one of those things kind of like the, uh, the, the incident a few, a few weeks ago with, uh, Mitchie Galena, you know, it's just don't yeah. do it. Like, come on guys. <laughs> like the match is basically over at that point. What's, what's the point in doing that? So yeah. I just I just think it was completely uncalled for. Uh, I mean I know you guys are going to be without Ford uh, this weekend, so possibly. Uh, you possibly. Know. We'll see. Are they are they appealing that? Oh, I'm sure. They I, I guarantee they are. Um, there, honestly, there wasn't much in that. Yes, he was involved in the incident, but he didn't throw a punch. He he really the all he did was he shoved the dude who who went studs up into our guy uh, yeah. while the ball was not in play. So um, I think they should appeal it. Uh, it's USL, so who knows uh, what they're actually looking at. Um, but all they uh, have to do is point out what happened in Austin with with um, Stuver basically yeah. taking yeah. out a San Jose yeah. player, you yeah. know, on on a, on a reaction as well. Yeah, and, and pro refs, the same organization, gave them a yellow. Yeah, gave us. A red. Yeah, and that I mean, you could tell um, that Stuver was just seeing red. In that, oh, in that, I, I saw the highlight, and it, it just the look on his face is like, yeah, he's gonna hit somebody. Oh, look, he hit somebody. Big surprise. Um, yeah, um, really dumb. If you want to talk about dumb plays, one, you're sticking up for your team. Uh, from from what from what some of the Austin people are saying that uh, Stuver was sticking up for his teammate because somebody got shoved in the net. Yeah, there was it was one of those get the ball yeah. out of the. 
Yeah, but the dude like was trying to block. Needs to, FIFA yeah. needs to fix is, and, and you see it two, three times a year yeah. where somebody scores and there's a stupid fight yeah. over the ball to get it back. It's to like the, to it's like basketball. Whenever they outlawed um, the the team that scores from touching the ball after you score for the to avoid taunting, it's the same thing. Soccer needs to do the same thing basketball did. Just make it a foul. They'll get used to not touching it. They'll get out of the way, and that's it. If you if you score the goal. You got to wait for the ref to go grab the ball and then, you know, continue it. And then or, the ref needs the to add. Or the team that something. got scored on kicks it back to the center. It just uh, it should be the ref. It needs to be the ref handle the ball. Nobody should touch it after it goes in and then if if the team that got scored on wants to waste time, the ref just add 30 seconds, add a minute. Waste all the time you want. And I'm just going to keep adding time to this, man. It's it's a you know, uh um Stoppage time is a minimum for a reason because you can keep adding. So we anyway. actually had an incident along those lines a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I'm trying to remember who it was that scored on us, but Kalen Ryden went to get the ball out of the back of the net. Mm-hmm. And the referee came up and took it from him. I was like, I've never seen that. Like I, normally the players just play it back towards the middle and they get reset. But yeah, the referee came up and took it out of his hands and walked it up to the center circle. It's like, all right, I guess that's was one the- way to do it. Was it like that ref? Was it in the French league? I think it was in the French league, or maybe it was in the Turkish league, where um, the ref and the player are accidentally run into each other, and then the ref kicks out at the player. <laughs> Have y'all seen that? It's incredible. It's an incredible highlight, and the like the players looking at the ref like, "Did you just kick out at me? <laughs> what are you doing?" Yeah, that was bad. That was uh, that's a bad one, and that's a classic one because it in fact did happen. So. So just to kind of touch base, if you want to give a kind of a quick uh, view of New Mexico uh, United's last uh, few weeks, uh, I'll set the table. It hasn't been pretty. And, and even this uh, win over Real Monarchs, uh, you got the job done, but it wasn't pretty either. So. Yeah, we went, uh, it was five matches winless uh, before we picked up a, a home win two weeks ago. And then, of course, went down to Austin last week. I was not happy at all uh, with that. With the way we played, we did that um, as well. We did the same out. thing. Yeah, we just we played poorly against Austin, and Austin took advantage. Which, yeah, we feel you on that one for sure. It was for me. It was more along the lines of what was the game plan? Why did we play that way? And so on the on the show last week, we sat down and we discussed it. And because one of the big issues we have is the play of Juan Pablo Guzman, you know, one of our one of our midfielders. And you know, two weeks ago, Sergio uh, Rebus came in, played a fantastic night. Just played absolutely out of his mind. Uh, got an assist, a hockey assist, and uh, you know, just had had tremendous amount amount of a uh, spark that he provided to the team. And we talked to Troy after the game. He's like, you know, Sergio gives us a, a lot of verticality, a lot more versatility, you know, that we don't get other, you know, otherwise. Because the question was, you know, kind of a veiled, you know, why do you keep playing, you know, Juan Pablo Guzman, you know, a guy who's made a number of mistakes this year. And so we were all expecting Sergio to play against Austin, and then. He didn't like he was on, he was in the 18. He didn't even get subbed on. We found, I found out last night that he actually picked up a knock after the 18 had been announced. Um, and so we didn't have Sergio last week. We obviously had a much more conservative style of play in the first half against, against Austin, which I think was a huge mistake uh, against a club that has struggled to score. And as you know, while they are good defensively, I felt like if we had come out, and been more aggressive, we could have taken it to them and picked up some points on the road there. And then obviously last night we picked up a two, one win over, uh, over monarchs and, 
I know you say it was, it was I know you say it was ugly, but I, I actually have to disagree. That was one of our better matches in terms of the the quality of possession that we had, the quality of our defending. Now, as we have done all season long, we struggled in the final third. We struggled with our finishing. And that was one of the things we talked to the guys about and talked to Troy about after the game. And, you know, there and Amanda, I think Mondo said it best, you know, we had 20, you know, because I asked the question, I said, you had 26 shots, nine on target. And, uh, you know, you look at it and Amanda goes, no, that makes us more hungry. We want to do better. We want to do better. We're not satisfied with the fact that we had 26 shots and only put nine on target. We, we should have had more goals. And, you know, I, I looked at the fact our, our XG for last night was like 4.12. Yeah, well, you guys missed a PK with, with Sandoval, or, you know, with the, and and I will say this: the uh, Duznup, uh, the the uh, Monarchs goalie, played out of his out of his mind last 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 night. Uh, uh, you know, for uh, you know, for Real Monarchs, they kept the game close. But the reason why I said it was ugly is because you guys didn't get the uh, winning goal until what the 80th minute, I think it is 80th, by yeah. uh, by uh, Weehan. Uh, yeah, it didn't come to the 80th, yep. but uh, it was a great run of play. I thought I thought it was really well, and uh, you know we had the great defensive effort by uh, Cello there 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 in our defensive third, and then uh, Daniel Bruce played lights out. He played absolutely phenomenal last night, and and uh, you know he he's he's a guy that I've loved since season one, and you know that that cross that he put in, you know it, it was just phenomenal. You know have bees on the uh, the other end of it, and and uh, you know he'll tell you he'll be the first to you know he 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 regretted missing the opportunities that he had. I mean, he had a couple absolute sitters. Dev had an opportunity that, you know, went off the crossbar and, you know, I mean, we, we had our chances and it easily could have been, you know, a four, one, five, one match. And, and uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of positives to take away from it, but there's a lot, the things still build off of. And you mentioned Dusan, Dusan played absolutely fantastic. And he was actually my man of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's easy to go, you know, we won. It should be a home team. It should be our guys. And, you know, in my coverage for for the radio station here, as I you know, looked at, try to look at it as objectively as I can. And you know, if not for Dusan, it would have been yeah, a, a much man. bigger, a much dra- more drastic scoreline. So, but uh, the other thing that kind of stuck out to me now, like I said, I use uh, you know fbref.com. Um, it said that you guys were in a was it a four two three one lineup, which was the first time that you guys have used that in several weeks, going all the way back, I guess. Actually, first time all year because you guys are normally in a th- in a three back lineup. Um, is you know was was that a change by you know due to injuries or what kind of prompted prompted so going I, to a four back? I think it was kind. Of, I think it's even though they lined it up and if you watch the, I mean we all, we've all seen it. You know USL. You know we have a hashtag USL typos and <laughs> stuff just doesn't look right. You know I mean sometimes we have you know multiple wee hands on the field or or whatever, but. Um, even with the team sheet being put out that way, and I know FB ref has it out there as a four, two, three, one, and I would love to see us in four, two, three, one instead of the, the three, four, three, a lot of the times, especially with, when we play the two defensive mids. Um, cause we don't, you know, we saw it against Austin, it, you know, it's just one of the things you don't have that, uh, the combination play between the midfields and the forwards. And, and so when we do see stuff like that, you know, Troy does kind of put pieces where we have issues, you know, we just found out, uh, on Friday that Harry Swartz is out, uh, season ending injury at this point, mm. uh, his sports hernia surgery. So he's going to be done. It's just, a, it wouldn't be the a timing issue post game report. You guys had, yeah. Yeah. So he, he's going to be, he's done for the season. Sam Hamilton, still no timeline on when he's going to be back. Uh, you know, we've had some other guys just dealing with little niggling injuries here and there. And, you know, Sergio's a guy, he's been dealing with one and Harry actually came back from, 
he was dealing with it. He he felt like he could play through it, but he re-aggravated after one after one match. And so, um, yeah, we see things that last night. One thing that I that I saw that was really interesting was when Josh Suggs came on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suggs played as a right wing, and it's not something we typically see out of him. You know, Troy typically plays him in that wing back position uh, because Josh is good, you know, both, going both directions. And so, you know, there's definitely some areas there that. Uh, and that's been a, like the key word from from day one is versatility. Troy likes to sign guys who are versatile, who can play multiple roles. And so you see guys like you know uh, Justin Schmidt come in. He can I see him more of like a, a left center back, not necessarily the anchor in a three back position. But when you've got injuries to Kalen, which we've seen this season, you've got guys that can step in and, and do stuff like that. And you know Sergio being out. It's just tough, you know, because I like Sergio. I love seeing Sergio in there. I love seeing Cello. I think Juan Pablo does still bring something. It's not nearly as much as it was in season one, but you know, I, I definitely think it was based on the injuries and the and what we expected Austin to do. And Robert, to answer your question, the answer is yes. Uh, Weehan is the uh, alleged uh, handball player in alleged. the playoff game. Oh, there's no alleged about it. <laughs> there, there is no video proof that there was a handball in that game. Except for the I, damn footage of the game. Except for, except for going back and watching the game. Yeah, I will contend. If you, if you can show me a definitive angle where there is a handball, I will concede it. Absolutely. But the angles that they had did not show a definitive handball. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's get away we, from that. We'll agree um, to disagree. So, <laughs> so so let's go back to a couple a couple points that you brought up. Um, playing uh, playing like crap against Austin. Yeah, yeah, we we did that. Um, the last time we played Austin in Austin, um, we played with a different formation. We played in a four four two, which we had in the very beginning of the season, and it, it we didn't look coordinated at all because we've been playing in a three four three for the last I don't know basically quarter of the season. Um, Whenever we played against New Mexico, uh, the first two games, the first game we played in a three-five-two, if I recall, um, which was kind of that's kind of out, an out there match, and that's when we got beat uh, two to nothing, and it's pretty obvious why we didn't go back to the three-five-two. Um, and you guys lined up in a three-four-three uh, both times that we've faced y'all. The second match we lined up in our four-two-three-one. Mm-hmm. which we featured a few times this season. Um, but like I said, since then, we've gone to basically a exclusive 3-4-3. Every once in a while, we'll change it up and go with the 4-4-2 when we want to go a little bit more uh, bunkering and countering. Um, so, but so, yeah, no, playing against crap um, and having Austin be the outlier to lose to. Been there, done that. It sucks. Yeah. And, at, and at the same rate of, the second time we played Real Monarchs, the first time we played them, there's a red card, so we drew. Long story. Yes. The second time it, uh, we drew one one in Real Mon- uh, in in Salt Lake City, is the same thing. Their goalie basically stole that draw. Uh, he played incredibly, played out of his mind, and it sounds like you guys um, know exactly how that goes. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know, uh, the last time we played Monarchs up up in there, they just some bangers of goals and just there was weird like. I can't stand their their field. I can't stand their pitch at all. Like the, the turf just play, does funny things with the ball. And I know mm-hmm. the last time we played, the wind was abs- absolutely crazy. So it was messing with the ball too. And you know we had a lot of comments about that. But as far as you know, the first two matches against you guys, um, what the what the comment that I'll say real quick is that that's kind of rich talking about having an advantage with a weird field <laughs> that you're yeah. talking about. So let's. 
they at least have a soccer field. So let's settle that down is on true. that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Our, our pitch does some weird things, especially on the, on the edge of the infield. The labs pitch is better than El Paso's pitch, though. Um, <laughs> I will give uh, New Mexico that. And uh, New Mexico, hopefully in November, uh, we'll be passing uh, a bond. Yeah. I think it's a bond. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, continuing on a bond, I believe, is what it is to have a, a soccer specific stadium built yeah. somewhere um, in the, uh, I'm assuming it's still the Albuquerque area, right? Yeah, that's the plan is to keep it in the metro area. Um, there are some folks that want to go out on the west side of town, which would absolutely kill, kill interest, I think. Uh, we've had other sports teams go out that way. Like we had a, an ice hockey team go out there years ago hmm. and uh, they just absolutely died. You know, well, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Albuquerque FC, the women's team we had two years ago, they had a fantastic run. They actually had a crowdsource their or crowdfund their their playoff trip, and oh, wow. you know they played out on the west side. So you know, Albuquerque Soul played on the west side too, and so attendance just got killed from the drive out there. And but yeah, it's a it's a fifty million dollar bond that we're voting on in November, and that's been really like strange seeing the media reaction to it. And that's something we can get into if, if you guys certainly want, but yeah, hopefully with that, with that vote in November, uh, we'll are, are they, are they doing the whole, um, taxpayer money should not go to pay for a private enterprise kind of exactly. thing. And that's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fair, especially now. I mean, 50, I don't want to say 50 man is a drop in the bucket, but in comparison to a lot of city, like I know they're going to bring up St. St. Louis is the biggest um, kind of um, example of that going very wrong. St. Louis built uh, half a billion or three quarter of a quarter of a billion dollar stadium. And in less than four years, the team left because they wanted a new stadium and the city's still on the, on the line for half a billion dollars. Um, and the reasoning is because the owner, Stan Kroenke, Stan Kroenke is the worst. Um, he decided that this the stadium wasn't good enough, the facilities weren't good enough. Build me another, build me a billion dollar, billion and a half dollar stadium in St. Louis. And the city of St. Louis said, "We'll pay half of that. Here's three. Here's another three quarter of a billion dollars." And Stan Kroenke said, "No, that's not enough." So then he goes to L.A. and he literally spends. Was it seven point two billion dollars of his own money to build that ridiculous SoFi Stadium? So and anyway, long story. Yeah, and St. So Louis is going to get money back from the NFL. St. Louis is suing the NFL for false pretenses of leaving, um, and so that you know that's an ongoing lawsuit. The Saint, City of St. Louis is suing Stan Kroenke. City of St. Louis is suing NFL, and the City of St. Louis is um, suing. Um, the other rights holders for the LA Rams. It's ugly. And it's, it's a really bad example of, you know, that not working out, but that is a lot of times what happens with these. I'm going to bring it up because it's going to rear its ugly head. Uh, the city of Austin paying for a city for Anthony Precourt after what he did to, to, to Columbus. Mm -hmm. What are you doing city of Austin, but the city of Austin's done some really stupid things. So, but that's just a list of them. But, that dude, still they're digging their own grave. It's bad, but anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, we get it. Uh, there's always going to be that, but at the same rate, if the club um, advertises it properly and they go out and say this is a community thing, here's our academy. That's you know, I'm sure your academy is like ours, where it's free for the kids. Um, you know this this team isn't just 
you know, a moneymaker, we're also doing all this crap in the community and they really need to boost that up. Uh, is the uh, is the bond up for election in November? Yeah, it's up for bond. Uh, the bond okay. is up for a vote in November. And you yeah. talk about, you know, the academy. Our academy is fully is fully scholarship. Yeah, all the exactly. kids that get signed, it's it's a full full scholarship. Uh, everything is taken care of for the kids. And you know, we uh, the club launched the Somos News Foundation last year. Uh, they do uh, from day one. They've done a ton of community outreach. Yeah, uh, they've done you know back to school drives, all sorts of stuff within and around the community. And uh, you know, uh, David Estrada is now a huge part of that now. You know, after retiring, and everyone at the club has just been tremendous. You know, from the players to the coaches to to Peter. You know, Ron Patel was a huge part of the of the community outreach while he was here, and he still is. You know, Ron's mm-hmm. still big in the community, and and so you know, the club is is has been doing uh, community outreach op- opportunities. They've been you know, going out to the community where to the com- communities where they're looking at purchasing the land, building the stadium. They're doing, you know, obviously with the, with the restrictions, you know, they're doing, you know, zoom calls uh, for folks to join in the community, ask their questions and they're putting out infographics and stuff. Now they actually just started a, uh, a pack uh, to, to help get the word out. And right. And so you've got folks like us, you know, on, on the podcast, and those of us who are, who are around the club and have the opportunity to talk to Peter and David and and folks within the club, and then you know, we're putting out, hey, this is what the club is going to do. And the club has already said we're going to invest millions of dollars into this. Exactly. So it's and they they constantly describe it as a private public partnership. Right. And they have a there's a framework in place already from the lab from isotope stadium when that bond was approved, you know, uh, years ago and it was paid back early. Uh, and right. the city g- makes well over a million dollars a year just from the lab. Right. And, you know, talking to people, it's, you know, well, why isn't the club doing this? Why isn't the club? Well, the club is, will, is, has already said they're going to invest millions of dollars into this. Yep. They are, they're wanting to bring in local businesses into the surrounding area. You know, they're not, they're, they're doing everything they can to not displace anybody. They're, they're reaching out, they're doing all of these things. And it's just unbelievable. The amount of information that gets put out there that people just automatically believe is true when it's, when it's not misinformation. Never. I know. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, we have people thinking that um, there's a, you know, there's a tracking device in these vaccines that they're pushing when (laughs) they carry one of these around. 24 seven. Like that's not a, anyway, anyway, let's get uh, off from that. Because, my head there. <laughs> yeah, That's, that's going to be so, bad times. Yeah. We're, we're going to, so I'm going to ask each of you here. Um, how do you think this game goes? Uh, Cause this, as far as for head to head, it's a close, close series. However, the outside of the playoff match during the regular season, the home team dominates. It's, you know, you know, when San Antonio has went to the, to the lab, they've just got destroyed. And I think when um, outside of the playoff game, when New Mexico's came here, the games haven't even been close. So Rafa, how do you see this game uh, playing out? Uh, you know, obviously San Antonio gets a boo back, um, but at least, you know, at this time, most likely maybe losing Ford, but, you know, we'll see it, you know, how that works out. But uh, we'll because the USL doesn't do the disciplinary report, we may not know until. That'd be nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not going to know until they put out the lineup an hour until before Preston the damn game. Yeah. <laughs> Preston, help us out, man. Hopefully Kamara yeah, comes back. You know, he'll be back. And, oh, but I might, like I guess we got Varela, too, so he's got, yeah. he's got a good. So and and the planes back too. So we, 
we should be fine. I think this game, um, going into this, we should have, you know, we're riding high. I mean, this was a good road trip, except for the little hiccup in Austin. I think this has been a real good confidence builder. We peak, we're peaking at the right time. So I think we're going to go in this game. I know we're not going to take New Mexico lightly. It's always going to be a rough, rough and tough game. But I think we're going to pull, we'll pull this one out. And I, I think we're still going to give the same problems in New Mexico when they come to San Antonio. So, you know, our, our offense are, are doing great. You know, our players are touching the ball a little bit. Hopefully they can touch a little bit better because I know that's been an issue. Yeah. But, but you know, like I said, we, we're, we're now starting to become consistent. But we're also winning games, like Royce mentioned, we're winning ugly games. Like ugly <laughs> when we look, don't look good, but we still pull out a win. So that's a big difference from a few years ago. So I think going this, we should be the favorite to win for this one on Saturday. And Seth, I'll have you go next. And I think this is one of the few, few times, uh, at least in the recent last months, where both teams are coming in with a full week's uh, rest here. Neither New Mexico or San Antonio plays a, a midweek game this week. Yeah, it'll be nice to see. I know the last couple of matches we had it was a Monday night football, and there was like a Wednesday night match. I'm like, guys, come on! This, you know, these are two of the best teams in the Mountain Division it, it, in terms of you know talent, I believe. And why isn't this a you know Saturday Sunday matchup? You know, let people get out there and see it. But yeah, you know, like you, like you mentioned, the the series has always gone back and forth. And I know we did not play well uh, the first match uh, out there with you guys this year. The change of formation and you guys, uh, I think PC had come back from injury at that point. Uh, Patino was back. And so. No, no, no. Patino. Patino has okay. been out since June. Uh, basically what happened in that match was, yeah, it was PC came back. So that was big for our midfield. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, you guys were very narrow and you tried to attack down one side and you completely left the other side open, uh, which yeah. is kind of what we did. Uh, we were more uh, concentrated on attacking or defending on the wings, and you guys just walked right down the middle, which is uh, we had also lost a match against RGV, and pretty much the same thing happened. Uh, just kind of we forgot about the midfield. Um, yeah. And then when we got PC back, that kind of solved itself, and, uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. It was Nathan that got you uh, with the brace in the 35th and, and 20 and yeah. 63rd minute with the uh, assist yeah. by uh, Jose Gallegos and, and he, he had a goal in, in stoppage time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gallegos was tremendous in that match. And uh, you know, it was, yeah. there was, it was such a night and day difference between that first one and the second one. And mm-hmm. you know, in terms of formation that you guys played and uh, how you guys uh, basically just uh, put it, put your game plan to work. And one of the things that I, talked about uh, early in the season was the the size disadvantage i mean you guys got some big boys you know showberg <laughs> yeah. and some others and and um that didn't really come into play in the in the in the match that we won which i found to be really surprising you know we you know we played you know real compact and kind of shut off uh, you know any access to the box and so um and, and what we tried to do was try to play you know outside the box and right. I, we were successful in that and then that second match is completely different. And you get, like I said, PC was back and you guys, Gallegos was, was huge for you guys that night. Um, so yeah, it's, and I actually predicted you guys were going to win that one. Um, mm-hmm. I said ahead of time, that's, and I caught some flack for it too. I was like, yeah, I said, no, was, uh, I said, San Antonio is better than what you guys think, you know, cause you guys have been dealing with some injuries and you know some other stuff. And I was like, they're better than everyone thinks they are. Yeah, we and have I, not had um, a 100% healthy roster this entire season so oh, yeah right, right now yeah. we have we have uh three possibly four 
still out. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a dumb season. I mean, let's 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 not <laughs> mix messages. It's been stupid, and we've we've just had the injury bug the entire season. But um, this uh, seven games and twenty one day run that we just had, uh, we just had the right guys be healthy. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. And we've signed um, some extra center backs that have really come. Uh, they've really paid dividends um, because we have we just had three center backs on the injured list. Now we have two. Yeah. So to me, like the biggest difference, and and uh, you know, I've talked to Seth offline about this, and it, San Antonio is a victim of this as well. Um, that match, uh, San Antonio shots on target six of fourteen. Uh, New Mexico United one of fifteen. And I think uh, for both of our for both of our clubs, that's that is a sign on how well we will or we will not do. Um, so, Royce, uh, your thoughts on on this matchup here and and how you see it going? Um, it's going to be a Nathan hat trick. Uh, it's going to be another three nothing um, final in this one. And the reason being is our midfield is our midfields our midfield, and that's kind of what we. Um, really struggled with in the beginning of this season. Um, and it's our strength this season. Uh, and you know, go at this point in the season, it's our strength. Um, we may lose uh, Ford, like you said, to a red. And if we do, uh, f- for red card suspension, you can just ha- you can slot Deplane in his place on the right side. So you'll have Schubert, you'll have Deplane. And well, it on depends the left. if Gleedle comes back. I think Deplane stays, stays outside. No. No, uh, Maloney will be on the outside, and if Gleedle comes back, it'll be Gleedle. Well, it'll be Gleedle um, Maloney, but yep. who's the three in the back? You put Deplane in over Varela, or it will, uh, I'm yes, hoping yes. Comes on, back on the right, one. on the right, because we're more. That's the whole point. The Schuberg stays, and he'll come out if he needs to, and you have the more mobile Deplane and the slash Ford, and the more mobile Taintor on the left. And that's how our back three has worked so well. Schubert comes out if he needs to, or he just uh, clears everything away because he's six seven and he's a damn monster. And then you have the other two next to them um, that'll go out and they'll play. It's they won't miss a well. I mean, they're they're going to miss Courtney Ford being back there if the red card stands, which it should not. But if it does stand, they shouldn't miss a beat with the plane back there. At the same time, on the wings, you might have Gleedle back. If you don't get Gleedle back, it'll probably be Maloney and PC on the outside. Because you get Abu back and Lindley will be there. And then the typical front three of Epps, uh, Gallegos, and Nathan. Uh, but I think we are we have the talent. We have the – we've played enough on together on the field. And we're getting a week's worth of, worth of rest. Nathan's going to have a hat trick in this. He's going to finally put away those chances that he kind of – he's had that little cold streak to where, um, you know, just things just haven't completely gone his way. He looked really good in this match. Uh, he just had one chance that he missed. That back heel was something special, and there's something that's going to turn around from that back heel just from how he played in this match. It's going to be a hat trick. It's going to be 3 nothing. Michael. Robert mentioned it's going to be physical, over under three yellows for SA. Um, it's always over. <laughs> I'll, I'll always smash that over button, yeah, for sure. If you'd have set it at five, I might have gave it a little bit of thought on it. But three, I'm not going might, depend on, might depend too on who the referee is. Like that's a hundred percent fair because there's been a couple. <laughs> there's been a couple dudes this season where it's just like 
just ridiculous with the cards like oh yeah that's a fa that's a yellow okay you're gonna try to really establish yourself i'm glad i paid to watch you perform and then there's some that just like you're like oh that yeah in this past match and then at the same time you get the complete mirror of that where this dude's like i'm not getting cards but just behave and then the teams don't behave and he's like crap i should have given cards a lot earlier this wouldn't have got out of hand so yeah exactly so somewhere in the somewhere in the in between can we get that please any final thoughts on the new mexico match uh i think it'll be a good one um I think this one will be close just because I think, and I hate to say this for Seth, but I think New Mexico is kind of getting to that desperation stage where they have to get wins, um, you know, just, just because RGV, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're winless in eight, but you figure if they start to get it turned around, um, the bold for whatever reason, is, you know, has won three in a row, uh, three in a row with the new coach, uh, with coach Thompson. It's insane, um, isn't it? God. <laughs> and that's after giving everybody away. Um, they did bring in Sonny, uh, I saw here. Uh, so he's back on the roster. So, And uh, last year he, he played a pretty good part for him, uh, Guadarrama. Um, so it, it'll, if, it'll be interesting uh, to see how this kind of shapes out. But, um, you know, kind of looking at the table uh, for the mountain, El Paso's in first at 46. Uh, San Antonio is in second at 40 because they own the tiebreaker over Colorado Springs, who also has 40. Um, and, uh, you know, kind and we of, also, uh, San Antonio also has a game in hand. Um, has a game Col in Col hand. Colorado's played 25 matches. We played 24. So, yeah. Bold in fourth at 23. Uh, fifth Oops. and sixth are tied at 30, bold. or pardon me, 35. Bold. Yeah, they're at 35. They've played 23, 23 games, correct. Games. Um, New Mexico United and RGV, both at 31 points, but New Mexico has the uh, advantage, I think, due to goal difference right now. No. <laughs> oh, no. no. No, because uh, RGV beat us 1-0. They have the tiebreaker of us right our, now. Our, our RGV oh, has a tiebreaker. Tie it's yeah. the most our, ridiculous tiebreaker in the world. Have you seen? Have you looked at I those? actually like it. I got a spreadsheet. Head-to-head? Yeah, it's head-to-head head and then uh, points head-to-head, uh, -head, and then it's a uh, goal differential head-to-head. Yeah. So they have the, the tiebreaker on both of those over us. And we've only played them once at this point. And then the third <laughs> one is most points in the That's division. Like, so, yeah. and, and if you follow me, I have it pinned at the top. I've gone through and, and uh, I'm tracking for, you know, for the entire USL tiebreakers, if you want to check it out, plus cross divisions. Um, I have a spreadsheet on that as, as well uh, for that here. If, if you in, follow in, me. Uh, New Mexico had the toughest schedule going into October. Oh, then you guys, yeah, what you think we had about one of the toughest schedules, yeah, with, with how the division is shaken out, and then with our out of conference stuff like San Diego's really turned it around, loose cities, loose city. So, like, we had a, a tough back end of the schedule, and you know, with RGV play, playing the way they did earlier in the season, we still have three matches against them, and so it's going to be tough coming yeah, down. I'm, I'm I thought looking, it was going to be manageable, but. yeah. I'm yes. looking at the New Mexico schedule, good lord. Okay, so they play us this weekend. Uh, next travel uh, to the, RGV. The Wednesday after that, they travel to RGV. They play in RGV. After that, they go back to the lab and they play Louisville City. That'll be fun. no. They're home against RGV. So yeah, go home. from San Antonio to oh, home I'm to sorry. RGV. Yep. At at Louisville. Louisville. Good lord. Home on a Wednesday against I believe it's a Wednesday Hartford. against Hartford. Yeah, Wednesday against Hartford. Yep. Home against RGV that Saturday. The following Sunday at the Loyal. Yep. Uh, home against San Antonio, and like I said, that's that's the other loss. 
I think San Antonio's got two losses left in the schedule uh, at El Paso at, at at New Mexico. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I'm looking at San Antonio's schedule, and then they finish away at at RGV and home against uh, the Monarchs. But yeah, it just to me as as far as I look at ours, ours. Yeah, we get Oklahoma City, we get Tulsa, who Austin beat this past week. You know, we got Memphis coming to town, which uh, San Antonio FC, whenever you want to announce that game is going to be played, that would be nice. Uh, it's yep. still TBD even on the app. It's TBD on the USL website. On ESPN, you know it's a it's Sunday game. Because I got to drive to Fort Stockton that yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to announce that one for sure. Uh, SAFC, please play we're, we're less than a month away. I'm sure Toyota's field schedule isn't that <laughs> Jam-packed for a Sunday, but uh, we'll move it to Saturday. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be Sunday at eight in the morning. It'll be breakfast and uh, and that's it. that'd be fine because I mean that'd I'm, be awesome. I wouldn't. I'm up that. at that time. I'm taking the kid and we're having a good old time. And he won't complain that it's too late and I'm tired. And <laughs> see, that's one sure thing I was talking to David Carl about the other night. In the background, know. taking a bath right now. Yeah. I was talking to David Carl oh. about the other night. The league sets all the match times. I was like, that's kind of stupid. Like, I would love to have like five o'clock matches from you know, like March, mm. April, May, mm. August, okay. September. Okay. Like, okay. Not, okay. not June, July. No, yeah. but not, I would love yeah, like, not, five Not even matches. April, May here. Not even April, yeah. May here. It's it's already hot by that time. So, yeah, March. Turkey's a little bit further up, though. It's, yeah. It's yeah. No, it's, yeah. yeah, there's some elevation there for sure. Uh, let's, uh, maybe like, Two o'clock in the afternoon games in like Colorado or or uh, or Real uh, at that point, so it'd be the hottest part of the day. Even though it's it'd be like a high of thirty degrees, yeah. Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. It'd be a lot of fun to see stuff like that, but yeah. As far as far as this weekend goes, you know, it's I don't know. Like we have to convert our chances. That's that's number one. You know, we've had a lot of unlucky breaks this season, a lot of last minute goals a lot of you know some deflections and things if not for that we'd probably be you know i think three and three and one against el paso this season if not for like last minute just nonsense happening but uh this is gonna be a tough matchup it really is you know i still don't think we match up with you guys well physically um we do have kalen Wright in back he dealt with a back injury for a little while so he kind of secures that back line for us uh i disagree on nathan getting a hat trick i don't <laughs> think it happens um people people give us a lot of shit this year i'm sorry i don't know if i can cuss or not but you're good okay you're good. um for the way our for the way alex tambakas has played at times i'm like okay six clubs have allowed fewer goals than we have so we've had a pretty good back line. We've had a pretty good, you know, goalkeeper. Uh, there, they have had their moments, that's for sure. But I mean, we figured out Haji Berry, figured out how to stop him. Yeah. Um, you know, pick, I, I pick think. Be careful um, saying that because uh, down in the Valley RGV, Edson did a whole episode with USL Tactics of, "Hey, we stopped Haji Berry, and this past week he got a brace." <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done with Colorado, so you know we're we're done with them Fair. for now. But you know, after that. After the first after that game with him, where he I think he scored, he had a brace against us. We, we figured him out. You know, we we played a little bit more narrow. We matched him up with Austin Yearwood, who's got a bit more pace than you know than Rashid Tete or Justin Smith, and basically just shut him down. And so you know, we've got some guys who who can play specific roles that I think can match up fairly well. But it's going to come down to the midfield who can control the midfield on Saturday night yep. and who can finish their chances. That's, I mean, that's the key. Who can finish it, their it'll, I, 
to kind of go off topic, but kind of a topic we just talked about. It'll be really interesting how um, Colorado Springs copes without Galena. That's, that was um, the, the rumor opinion. is that he is going to LAFC, uh, which is a heck of a signing for them. And apparently, uh, Colorado Springs is going to make a nice, uh, pretty penny on that one. But that guy is the reason Haji Berry has so many damn goals this season. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they cope with not having him there and to see how they, um, how they go in the play. That, that sucks losing a player of that quality in this league this close to the playoffs if you're Colorado Springs. It really does. That's what confused me about that news or that, that rumor is why at this point in the season would you let him go? I mean, I know you've still got Beckford, but Galena's the one that's been that's caused it's, the most issue. It's because and this is because of the money. That's correct. It, they have them basically Colorado Springs, I'm sure, was like, you know, LAFC was like, How much is uh Galena? Like you're not gonna get it. He's gonna be like five million dollars, ten million maybe. And the LAFC is like we're desperate. Yeah, we'll pay that. And they're like, "Who oh, shit. Okay, let's let's, uh, well, let's double the record of, of you whatever it up. was. So it's double whatever the you, whatever. I think yeah. it was Mark Anthony K. I think that got it. Yeah. Originally, it's rumor is is it's double that. Um, yeah. So it's which I think is I think it's gonna be like five million. Like I said, I think it's gonna be five million dollars no, because uh, wasn't he two no, million? No. Because the, I thought Mark Anthony K. was bought for two million. And that broke. Um, what did uh, Phoenix Rising sold a striker to Atlanta for like nine hundred thousand or a million? And then Mark Anthony K. I think doubled that, didn't he? Ridiculous, right? Fuck, fucking Rising, just em- embarrassment of riches over there. Anyway, um, isn't that what happened? Like, uh, yeah, do some re- do some quick research while we chat about this crap. Uh, how much did Mark? What is the USL? <laughs> Record transfer. transfer USL. I got it here. I, I'm pulling up uh transfer. This is some quality podcast right here. Uh it's a question here. Louisville to oh well, the answer your question about uh Phoenix Rising. I think you're talking about Adam John. Uh that that's was correct. A, that's that was a reported hundred thousand dollars. So oh, was a, oh I see I thought yeah. it was nine. Okay, then maybe it's a lot less. Maybe it's five. No, the, the million that you're talking about is yep. when Mark Anthony uh K was transferred from LAFC to Colorado this year. Gotcha. Then that for for a million garber bucks or you know, however you know one goes bucks. Good lord. Yeah, yeah, I know. How does that work when it's it's the same entity and it's so it's so stupid? MLS is the dumbest. <laughs> it's like it's literally socialism in sports, and that sucks. That sucks. Like socialism has there, there's some there's some ways where it's helpful, not in sports. It sucks. It sucks having. It, it sucks. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I can't find it. Handy, transfer yeah, to just... okay. There we go. I found Mark Anthony K transfer from uh, Lou City to LAFC. Um. Oh come on! Give me a. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I, I remember seeing, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. So it, it's. It, I have a feeling if if they got five hundred thousand, right? Um, so a million. That's, but for to be honest with you, that's that's a significant amount, especially for Colorado Springs, which is typically a smaller market. Now they do have the new stadium, and they are bringing in you know bigger crowds than what they did at the old uh, Widener field uh, for it here. But, you know, Colorado Springs is, uh, 
you know, and, and I know, um, uh, was it Mark Turner, um, you know, uh, last world of soccer, uh, you know, he was a little bit upset cause it, you know, you know, he was with the switchbacks, but he moved to Austin. He does Austin FC, but he's like, why would you move him? Cause you know, you're sacrificing the, play, you know, you may, you're probably still going to make the playoffs, but you're sacrificing the ability to most likely to get a title, you know, by, by moving him for, for dollars that may go to the owner's pockets and, you know, will, will the owner reinvest it, you know, back into the team? So th- that, that is the question. And, but to me, like, I, you know, I think Colorado Springs is smart. They re-signed Haji Berry. You got to figure, you know, he's got what, 23 goals. Somebody's going to look at, 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 at trying to, you know, trans, you know, put a transfer in for him um, as well. So, and Colorado Springs seems to have figured out something that San Antonio hasn't been able to figure out, and that's uh, sign people to longer than one year deals. <laughs> yep. And then double your money. Uh, <laughs> double, triple your money. They did that with Igabaga, and they're like, oh, hey. Oh, no, they let Igabaga go on a free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a free because they were, uh, we had that partnership. Uh, with uh, New York City City FC. FC. So it was kind of a, hey, you know, here's our best player. And I think there was some other resources involved in the trade, Um, just not like this close. uh, Mikey Lopez back for that year as well. Yeah, exactly. There were some certain things where there were some future considerations and Mikey Lopez was definitely one of them. Yep. So final thoughts. Um We'll start with you, uh, uh, Rafa. Uh, final thoughts from you? Uh, final thoughts. Like I said, looking forward to having a home game after almost a month. <laughs> you know, way all those row games, and glad to be back here, be at home, and be with the crew with those those Gatos Blancos of one fourteen. So we should have fun this coming Saturday, and hopefully we get a get a, a good win. You know, like I say, it's going to be an exciting game. This is a rivalry game. Uh, I think they should have. Our, I think we need to have our own cup game between us and New Mexico. Call it the the Chili Bowl or something, since they have hatch no, chili. It's Colorado Springs, because the uh, Colorado Springs I think spells chili different than yes, they do. New Mexico. Yep, they spell it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Royce or the hatch, the hatch versus jalapeno bowl or something. So. Royce is like what? <laughs> well, everybody knows anybody from Colorado is just you're already starting off dumb. So I mean, hey, I grew up in Colorado. I know you <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where, where, we're the state that hey, our best possible Hall of Fame player. Let's trade him to St. Louis, and here we'll pay half of his salary or whatever. That would be the um, current second wild card slot holders by three games, St. Louis Cardinals. Thank you very much. Goddamn Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. And, and because of how bad that deal was and they fired the GM, that's the only reason we didn't make a trade for Trevor Story because I think Trevor Story wanted to come to St. Louis. So. Oh, yeah. well, we're that screwed. Would, anyways, he's like been incredible. They should have moved him at the trade line. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. oh, hey, you would have. And just, uh, I will say Austin Gomber's been fantastic for you guys uh, pitching. He's the lefty that we are the, the biggest prospect we gave was a a major league pitcher that was Austin Gomber, um, and he's I think he's won like ten or fifteen games for you all this season. He's, I mean, he's a quality pitcher and he's done well. 
not as he doesn't have the 100 RBI and 30 home runs that Arenado has in the Gold Glove defense, but he's pretty good. <laughs> hey, the Broncos are two and zero, uh, and we get the Jets next week, so we can start three and zero. So, uh, oh, good, go oh, Broncos. Man. I mean, you got to get those wins as soon as you can, because uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm sure. Water gets hurt like he always does. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Good lord, good lord. Anyway, my final thought. That was an incredible. So we had that two week pause because of COVID, and I'm glad everybody on the club seems to have recovered 100. percent That was very scary. Um, you definitely don't want to see any of that happen um, to, to anybody, really. Um, and it's definitely scary when guys are, you know, that's their livelihood and crap like that happens. At the same rate, they came back strong. They came back stronger than they were before. And this road trip really seems to have uh, kind of solidified them as a team. And we've all said before this seven matches and 21-day gauntlet, this is your season. Put up yeah. or shut up. And the, the hell if they did. 16 points out of 21 possible. Insane. Insane. And they're on a hot streak. They're looking good. And I am 100% looking forward to uh, seeing them finally at home um, on Saturday. And I hope everybody comes out and supports because they, for, for the work that they've done, they deserve a, a, a full damn house. So. Your thoughts, Seth? Uh, any final, final things from you? Yeah, you know, I I feel you guys on the being away from home. I get it. You know, we dealt with it in 2019. We didn't get a single home match at all last year, so I get it. You know, I I get that, and you know, it's it, you know, I'm glad to see folks back out. Unfortunately, we haven't dealt with the the COVID issues that you guys did this year, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward you to have a competent uh, governor. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> If you look at social media, you people tend to think otherwise, but you know, we all know how social media can be, but yeah, looking forward to it. You know, we've got to figure out a way to win on the road. Um, I don't necessarily know that we do Not on Saturday night. I would love for us to, I think it ends up something like two, 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 one. Um, but it's going to be a close match. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to sit down and watch it. And, you know, I, I'm glad to see that you guys have, uh, your club has rebounded from the, the start they had this season. And uh, I think San Antonio is one of the, you know, I honestly think they're one of the best teams of the Mountain Division. So, looking forward to all of it. And uh, twenty-one out of twenty-four points. So, you know. so my final thought. I've got uh, two of them here. Um, I know I've been a little bit hard on Matt uh, Cardoni because it always seems like he leaks uh, mm -hmm. goals here. Um, but yet, if you look at save percentage, he's number one in the league. Uh, you know, for that here, it's a little bit over seventy-six percent. Uh, so he faces a lot of shots, and, and yes, he. Uh, um, it seems like we, we give up a leaky goal here and there, but uh, lately uh, I think that's uh, tightened up a little bit. Um, I think it has to a lot to do with PC kind of being back and in, in the, the center backs that we have as well. Uh, that's uh, kind of tightened it up a little bit. So, Matt, I apologize. You know, I know it's a little bit hard on you uh, for that here, but uh, you've shown that. Uh, you are the quality goalkeeper that everybody here in San Antonio thinks you are. Um, the other thing here is I try to always end up on um, is uh, we're still in the suicide prevention month here uh, for that here. So if you do have any 
if you do need to talk, um, I know Rafa Royce, myself, and I'm assuming, you know, New Mexico United fans, Seth and, and Chris Walker and, and you, know, you know, David with, you know, well, he's now with the, the team here, but, you know, any members of the curse and along those lines. If you ever need anybody just to talk to, to, to kind of talk you off the ledge, uh, you know, we're all a community here that you know, we'll be willing to step up and help out. Um, you can also call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 um, along those lines here. So uh, just please, uh, you know, like I said here, it's uh, it's something that I've been uh, you know, hyping all, all year um, is is if you need to talk, um, especially men, um, we tend to uh, cover our feelings a little bit, especially men my age, you know, around 50, because uh, how we were raised and told to... Uh, hide your feelings uh you know you know uh, for that here but uh, please be you know please be open and if you have questions here so i do want to thank everybody for tuning in robert uh thank you for the uh for the messages coach Ocano, thank you for the messages even for the off-track one with uh, antonio brown oh no uh for that here and uh so, so real, real quick real quick right before we go sorry doing some research while we're out there uh the transfer fee for mark anthony k when he went from louisville city to lafc undisclosed there's your answer so they're <laughs> apparently uh colorado springs is going to get two times undisclosed so congratulations to them <laughs> well the rumors for uh piranha to a mls team was six figures uh, yeah. multi, you know along those lines here so yeah. i know it's not seven figures uh, along those lines here uh, for that here but uh um hopefully at some point uh we can get to a a stage where uh, USL, USL clubs, MLS are a lot more transparent and a lot more open uh, going between leagues uh, for that here. And I think NISA is going to kind of help push that because they do have uh, transfer fees set, um, you know, in, in their contracts here uh, for that here. So was a pleasure, guys. Uh, Seth, I'll talk to you Tuesday Thanks, uh, late night here. Royce, Rafa, um, I won't see you guys till next Sunday, most likely. Uh, oh, one more I'll thing. I'll see you Saturday, but as far as on the podcast, <laughs> no, no Rafa's gonna Rafa's gonna uh, derail the action. Reminder also to September because those Saturdays in September is Hispanic Heritage Month. So, so happy happy Hispanic Heritage Month for all of you guys. Happy Yes Month, yeah, exactly. And thank you, Robert. And uh, what's life without goals? We're out. See y'all. <laughs>